independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. My name is Joe Armstrong, and you're listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we have Kim Grant. Sometimes, the genesis of a music scene can be traced back to one person who believes in a band, style, or idea so thoroughly that their sheer force of will generates enough buzz to make it a reality. Los Angeles' patron saint of twang, Kim Grant, is just that sort of person. After cutting her music industry teeth at the famed Green Dolphin Street in her hometown of Chicago, Grant relocated to Los Angeles and set about championing the style of music nearest and dearest to her heart, a genre known to adherents as alt-country, Americana, or no depression. In 2009, she formed a PR company called KG Music Press to help spread the word about L.A.'s underground country community in a manner honest enough to honor the genre's unpretentious forebears. But Grant's highest-profile vehicle for performing the extensive number of top-notch roots music artists in Southern California is an ongoing Sunday evening concert series at the Echo, affectionately named the Grand Ole Echo. The seventh season of this weekly event runs through September 30th of this year and is packed with excellent music, and the admission is absolutely free. Welcome to Independence Day, Kim. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you here and to see you back in my world again. We used to kind of hang at Tex which was the scene in, in uh, Echo Park for a while. There was tons and tons of music going on there. So I used to bump into you regularly there, but not quite so yeah, much anymore. Yeah, it was anymore. quite the hub. Uh, I remember when my boyfriend and I were courting, we had many dates <laughs> you were there. Courting. Like, we were courting. I love that phrase. <laughs> it's like old-timey stuff. Maybe that's the alt-country thing. I, I like old-timey anything. Yeah. You know, it's like this weird, like this, my life is this weird combination of like, like bleeding-edge tech and this old stuff. It could you know? be part of the Midwest and the both of I us, I think too. it is. It is. We've got, you know, I was thinking about this this whole time since I've booked you. Like, I've been so looking forward to having you on the show. We have so much in common. Yeah, There's so many things yeah. to talk about. I say that about a lot of artists, but I think tonight we could probably talk for about 10 hours. I know. If we, you know. <laughs> we had to stop we, talking to wait to talk again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we have such similar experiences. Tell me where you are from originally. Um, originally, I'm from Springfield, Illinois. I grew up there and I left at the age of 17 to head off to college. Um, I went to uh, Illinois State, which is in Bloomington Normal, and I was there for a while without graduating. Then I moved up to Chicago, um, did some theater stuff up there while bartending the whole time. And then I kind of flipped out that I didn't have a college degree, went back to Northwestern University, got my degree, and then soon after that, moved out here. So. And so what year did you land in L.A.? I was, I've been here for 10 years now, so... It goes quickly, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can't believe it. I lived in New York. When, there's, when I lived in Chicago for years, there was a stint where I moved to New York for about a year. And I was just telling someone today who lives in New York now, they were visiting the station. And it seems like the year that I lived in New York, like I've been in L.A. now like seven or eight years. But in my mind, in my memory, those are the same amount of time. Right. Like that year in New York and seven years out here, it's just so easy to live out here. It is. You know? I, yeah. I know. I always say I miss people from Illinois. I just miss the people, but I don't know if I could do winter again. The weather yeah. is so good out here. I never here. did like it. Yeah. I mean, the, win- the winter. I like Illinois to this yeah. day. I've got a rule. I'm allowed to go back to my home state between, like, say, New Year's Day and, like, June 1st. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, the other way around. The other way around. Right, I'm, exactly. From June 1st into New Year's Day, it's okay for me to go back. But then, like, from, from New Year's Day to June 1st, I want no part of it whatsoever. Yeah. And so was was weather like part and parcel to a half of the reason you came out here? Or was there other things? Yeah, too? the weather. And I just wanted to try something new. I mean, I had tried to live in Seattle. I, did, I shouldn't say I tried. I experimented for a month living in Seattle, and I couldn't take the rain and the grayness. Um, and I just, I'm like, what would it be like to have sunshine around all the time? So. What is it about people from, like, dismal places? Because it makes, <laughs> it makes for good, not that people from L.A. are bad in any way, but, like, I so relate to the people from, like, places with miserable weather. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. My dad loves the snow. Like, he just loves it when it's cold and snow. I'm, I'm over it. You know, I can't do it anymore, but he just lives for the winter. Yeah. I've, I've said it for years. It's I'm okay with snow as long as I can go see the snow. I don't want the snow to come see that's, me. That's why right here is the perfect place. Yeah, indeed. Ocean, mountains, exactly. either side it's, of you. It's true. It's yeah. really true. I was just Saturday night. I was on top of a 10,000-foot mountain camping at the backcountry. There was snow next to my tent. Wow. But it wasn't cold. It was That was really cool, actually. Yeah. In any case, so we're here to talk about music, not mountains or Chicago <laughs> or those sorts of things. But I want to get a little bit of a frame of reference. Right. Um, what do you think it is? I mean, because this alt country, no depression, Americana, call it what you will. 
I mean, it runs so deep for those of us who, are, who love this music. What do you think it is about this genre that makes people just gravitate towards it and it's got this like small group of people who love it, but the people who love it, that group, they're they're cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, for it. rabid what fans. Is, yeah, what is it about that? I think what it boils down to is is my definition of I always call it roots music, and I think that's what it is. Is it gets down to the basics. It's it's you know it's if you notice like a lot of old punk rock folk always tend to go back to country music, and it's like the it's the roots. You know, it's yeah. like it's the root of the music. It's like as raw as it gets. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it's just always funny to me, you know, that old punk rockers are now gravitating towards country, but at the same time, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny too, like Uncle Tupelo was like the classic example. Like there were just a few bands, you know, you name the bands you think kickstarted this movement, you think. Well, being from Illinois, as you were, it was for, for me and being near St. Louis growing up, um, Uncle Tupelo, for sure, I would say that. Yeah. Um, what was happening when I was living in Chicago in the 90s, you know, like Wilco was starting to come about after Uncle Tupelo and Sunvolt yeah. and um, Golden Smog was playing out in the Jayhawks. And yeah. it was just a really fun time to be living in Chicago. And yeah. that's where it all started for me, I think. And that was kind of like, I felt like when I was there, too, that was like the backdoor scene. Because the scene that was yeah. there was like the Urge Overkill, Liz Fair, yep. <laughs> um, you know, Smashing Pumpkins were like the biggest yep. ones. You know, I remember thinking, you know, it wasn't too long before I was playing at the Elbow Room that Smashing Pumpkins were playing at the Elbow Room. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I used to hang out with Darcy. We were actually, we used to work together um, I was her bartender, and she was a waitress at this hotel. Okay. Um, and so we would, she'd say, oh, come hear my band. And so I'd go out with her after work, and, you know, we'd go to Smashing Pumpkin shows before they blew yeah. up. And um, it was, yeah, they were playing all the clubs in Chicago and just trying to figure out who they were. And, um, you know, like Liz Fair, you'd see out. And I don't know if you remember the Rainbow Club. Like mm-hmm. everybody on earth that was a musician bartended at the Rainbow Club. So you'd go down there, and you'd see people that were just on tour or off tour, you know, coming and going. And so it was just like a whole big community scene. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, Chicago was a good time, I guess a good time to be anywhere, but it yeah. was the Clinton administration. Like the economy was oh, booming yeah. and, you know, we <laughs> weren't him. we weren't concerned about, you know, it's, it's diff- it was just different. You yeah. know, like looking back, it was like the halcyon days, it seems like to yeah. me. Like that's the, such pleasant memories. Aside from that being like my 20s, um, it was just, I don't know. We were less concerned about. Yeah. Well, I always worried. say too, if it weren't for Clinton, I wouldn't have been able to afford to go back to school. So. Yeah. God bless Bill. And that, yeah, that happened in that same era Wild too. So. <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with yes. that woman. In any case, again, back to music here. So, uh, how do you think? So, alt country is booming in Chicago. Were you involved in the alt country scene? I mean, such as it was at the time. I was just a fan. Um, I'd say, you know, I. It's like. I am here. I know a lot of people. I'm very social. I'm a good networker. But for Chicago, it was me bartending. And so everybody came into the bar. I was working in Wicker Park at the bar that everybody came to. So I got to meet painters and musicians and artists and actors. And I just met everybody. And so I'd go to see my friends who came in to the show they were doing on the block, you know, or, you know, just like that's how I got involved. I was just a fan. Um, And then when I moved out to L.A., I think what I was missing here, what I couldn't find was community, because Chicago was such a community feel um, that I couldn't find it here. Like, I had to really struggle to find it, and I kind of just went, well, screw it. I'm just going to create it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's a vacuum, you know, and I think that you've—what you're doing with the Grand Ole Echo, I think, is so essential, Um, because you're right. There is—you know, when I moved out here, it was hard to find that sense, because it's—part of it is because of the geography of Los Angeles, it seems. You know, it's so— culture. It's so so spread out. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you can— there are West Side bands and West Side venues that I didn't even know. I don't even know exist. I mean, I, I'll, every now and again, a friend will be like, "Oh yeah, I'm playing it." Like the Good Hurt is an example, mm-hmm. a bar way out on Venice or wherever it is. Right. Um, you know, I, I've been there just a couple times, but like that seems like going to like Kentucky to see a band. I know. Well, I used to go to the Cinema Bar a lot because it's kind of the crux of the yeah. Americana scene, and I live in Sierra Madre now, and now it's just like world away. So I haven't been for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's late night. It's not that big of a deal. But if you yeah. had to drive to Culver City at the wrong time of day, I mean, it's an hour and a half, easy. Yeah. You know, which is like driving to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, but back to the genesis of what me trying to find community. Um, it wasn't until. 
I started to find it that I found that there was actually one here already existing, and we kind of tied it in, and that was started by Shyla Morrow. So I have to give her her props and okay. and say she was the one that I found my soul through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. and I, I want to I want to play some music, and we'll come okay. back and talk some more about the Grand Ole Echo and how sure. you got it started, and you know what, how you got this scene going. Like you, you know, you're the patron saint of Twang. I don't know about you know, that. That's a beautiful thing. No, take <laughs> take the title. It's a it's a beautiful thing. We need someone to to champion us because alt country. It's like the redheaded stepchild of the music business. Like I, it, it seems like it never to this day even hasn't really lived up to its to its. I don't even know. The, the bands never made that much money. Yeah. You know, like even the biggest true. even the biggest bands in the genre. You know, are, they're doing okay. They're fine. You know, right. Wilco's, they, they can eat and pay for food and soccer practice for their kids and stuff. But, you know, they're not making Katy Perry money. Right. You know, they're right. not making any of that kind of stuff. So anyway, this first band I want to play, because you represent, how many bands do you represent total? Uh, it depends on if you're talking Grand Ole Echo or um, KG Music Press, and sometimes they cross over. But uh-huh. right now I'm working on two new albums and I'm about to start two new ones, and this is going to be one of my new bands. Okay. This is the band Whispering Pines. Are they local? They're local. Local? Okay, so great. This is Whispering Pines. This is their track, Love is Free, on Independence Day. Don't go away. Love is free. The music you pay for. The love is free. The music you pay for. 
Hello, hello, hello out there in Radio Land. My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day on Lancer Radio, or perhaps streaming on the internet, lancerradio.org, or perhaps listening to a podcast someday down the line in the future. And thank you for tuning in no matter where you are. That was the band Whispering Pines. Love is Free is the track. And we have Kim Grant. She is the, what did I call you? Oh, boy. The, 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 <laughs> the patron of twang. The, the, I might have to disagree with that. The baroness but, uh... of twang. It's good, though. You're doing such great things. I, I work hard. I will say that. Yeah. And so you've got all these bands. Like, So you've got the Grand Ole Echo, which is this one thing that you're doing. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that for just a few okay, minutes. It's sure. seventh season. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Of, of essentially roots music yes, in Los roots Angeles. Roots music. We go all over the board. Um, I like to say if it has a little bit of twang, even if it's rock and roll, you know, we, we do bluegrass, we do old time, we do psychedelic, you know, the cosmic American stuff. Mm-hmm. We do uh, honky-tonk. Just We do it all. So if it has a little bit of twang and you don't know where you're fit, it's kind of a fit for all yeah. that. The lines, I think, are pretty blurry. I mean, unless you're like it hardcore is. rockabilly. Yeah. You know, like the, all those bands, like even the Jayhawks, I think they almost fit strangely in that group because they don't really have, you know, Gary Lewis plays some like pedal steel type licks on his guitar, but oh, yeah. they don't really have pedal steel in their music. Well, they were at the um, Americana Music Conference, so I guess they are under the umbrella. Yeah, well, that was, I felt like those are the two <laughs> bands, Uncle Tupelo, which we referenced right. before, and the Jayhawks up in Minneapolis were like the yeah. two bands that kind of popped up at about the same time doing their thing. Yeah, and um, Gary Lewis has actually been known to stop into the Grand Ole Echo if oh, he's cool. in town. Usually if Mike Stinson plays in that, so I guess that's in the past. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love Loris. Always been one of my favorite players. So when you, like seven seasons ago, when you got this whole thing started, um, was it always at the Echo? Was Always it- been at the Echo, and it, it was kind of a, a fluky sort of thing, where Liz Garrow, who um, runs the Echo, she's the, the main booker for the Echo, um, um, she's head honcho over there. She... Um, she was trying to do something on her back porch on Sunday afternoons, and my good friend Pam Moore um, played on it with, I forget which band she was doing at the time, I think it was Dimebox Band, and she said, hey, hey you know, this is a really great idea, Liz, like, if you want a lot of people here, I could just run with this idea. Uh-huh. And um, we were friends at the time, and she caught on quickly to the fact that I knew a lot of people, so she's like hey, I know a lot of bands, and you know a lot of people. Let's get them all together and throw a party. Okay. So that was just kind of the idea, the genesis of it all. And it seems to me like the best thing, well, the best thing's the music, but the second best thing about this event is it's free. Yeah, it's free. It causes problems sometimes because it means we can't pay the bands. Um, So it's turned into more of a showcase. And I have so much guilt over the fact that the bands aren't paid that, you know, so it's a whole seesaw for me but yeah yeah, it's good for the public because they do come it's good the timing because it's 539 and it's all ages so it means uh you know moms and dads can bring their kids without worrying about getting a sitter without worrying about having a hangover or getting up late the next day getting to work so it's a good time slot and it ends early yeah, exactly. Which is a nice it thing for L.A. Mind. because some of these people, have to, like you said, you have to drive an hour to get home. Right, right. Which in L.A. is a big deal. It is. You yeah. know, elsewhere, maybe not so much. I, I love the event. I don't get down nearly as much as I'd like to. Yeah, I think you came on opening night. I came yeah, just this last week night. to see Brian oh, Whelan. Just, okay, that's what uh, I And Wheelhouse, uh, one of my buddies and a guy, an Independence Day artist. We had him on the show last year. Uh, big, Brian big Whelan fan, rocks. Big fan of what he Do you have any idea when his record's coming out? No. <laughs> Brian, if you no. can hear me. Make a website too, my friend. Yeah. he's Well, he's, he does so much. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, in he's like, always on tour. Yeah, he's in 18 so. bands. He's always on tour. And I, it's the, if there's one thing, like, I wish I wish he would focus more on what he, his stuff is. It's good stuff. Because it's great. He's but, a great writer. But you got to pay singer. the rent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And he's, he's doing some high-profile gigs these days. He's with Dwight Yoakam, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been great. Good for him, man. Good. And Ryan, keep up the good work, man. I always knew he was going to go somewhere, that kid. That kid. We always call him that kid. I know. Back, <laughs> back when he was playing with uh, Eugene was how I Eugene, met him. Eugene, and I met him through Tony Gilkison, I think, back in the day, way back in the day. Back in the day. We yeah. have, and we have so much music to play, so I'm going to I'm gonna introduce some more music, and we're going okay. to let it play for a minute, and we're going to talk over it in a second. Sure. So please, those of you in our next band, or Mark Lennon, the next artist we're going to play. Yeah, his album you know, is so good. So forgive us for talking over your music, but at least it's on the radio yeah. one way or another. So uh, this is the track uh, California Calling from Mark Lennon. Let's roll with this on Independence Day. California Calling.
So, tell me about these guys. Um, Mark Lennon is a guy, um, I've forgotten how long he's been in um, L.A., but he's just not for very long. And he kind of emailed us out of the blue to play the Grand Ole Echo, and um, we get a lot of requests, so sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes more than one season to get people on, but we just try to get you on. Um, and he, finally, he ended up playing our back porch, and I always make sure I, because the main stage is my scene, and I always make sure I try to get to the back porch just to check everybody out. And uh, I saw part of his set, and I was just blown away. I was like, oh, my gosh, he is so good. And um, soon after that, I met um, his girlfriend, Courtney, who runs this really great California-centric website. It's a it's Root Music, uh, Roots Music website, and it's called Turnstile Junkpiled. And it took me a while to put together that they were a couple, but they're kind of like a little mini power couple because she's doing this great thing in the blogging world uh-huh. for Roots Music and for LA in particular. And he's got this really fantastic album. And um, I don't know, they're like the li- little mini power couple. So <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> I just of love that. His album. There's a lot of that. You know, I, I more so than I would have understood. And when I started doing this radio show, there's so many artists who play with their significant other. Yeah, you know, I you. I work with my significant other. He's in a band called Old California, and um, I help manage their band, and I help book their band and do their PR, and you know, I book them also. So I get it ties in, and you know, it can get messy, but it hasn't for us yet. Knock on wood, it's been five <laughs> years. So it's a, yeah, that's just it. Like you. It, it's it's a it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a tightrope. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it's a really wide tightrope. You know, yeah, because you yeah. think if you get along with someone romantically, it, you should be able to do other things with them too. Right. Well, and you know, he goes on tour a lot, and I I don't usually go. I am going to go on tour for a little bit with them, and it'll be the first time just because they're going to Chicago. So yeah. I'm going to be there for a few days with them. But you know, he just does his thing and goes on tour, and people are like, "Do you ever go on tour?" I'm like, "I don't want to be in a van with." You know, six, six guys, guys or five guys. Yeah, no way. I've done that. No way. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I, I wish I'd – I mean, I definitely spent my time in vans, you know, hours and hours and hours. And this was before there were iPhones and iPads and laptops. Right. Like, and even cell phones. I feel like a dinosaur talking about this. But, like, when you would tour back then, you know, you had to find a payphone if you wanted to call right. your girlfriend or your mom or whatever. Right. So changed. Things have changed, man. Yeah. You know, you couldn't leave the – because I remember you couldn't – touring in the Midwest in the summer, you couldn't leave the cassette because it was cassettes. There was no CD players in the van. You couldn't leave the cassettes on the dash because they'd melt. I remember that too. You know, it's funny. It just struck me because um, you've had Craig Elkins on your show mm-hmm. and I work with him. And he used to be in a band called Huffamoose. And they actually have a, a documentary out about them called Here Comes Huffamoose. And I just remember a scene like them on payphones and – Craig in the hotel room on the phone with the the big cord attached to it. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just funny to think of that. But it's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. there's th- that's the thing. Like the, I, I was thinking of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh yeah, with those those little they call them phone cords. It's like twisted up and it goes back to the amp. It doesn't even touch the ground. You know, those like twisty cords. I, I love that's like I love vintage stuff. You yeah, know? like people always laugh whenever I pick up an old guitar or an old amp. I always sn- I always smell it. <laughs> That's just, that's kind of funny. I, I can't explain why, but like, it's just like the inside of an old guitar smells like old dust and like ghosts of songs and uh, like a million. That's like a library book for me. I love yeah, the smell like a, of libraries. I love books too. A million campfires and a million like bars. Oh, and, that's a romantic way you know, of looking I at it. I love it. And amps are the same way. And amps have the, the ben- added benefit, old tube amps. They have tubes that get hot. So they actually get warm and you can like smell the electrons and you can heat that they're covered with this stuff called Tolex on the outside. And it heats up the Tolex and heats up the wood and it just makes this like it's like an aphrodisiac. Oh, I'll never look at a guitar and amp the same way again. The next time you're at a band rehearsal, they'll think you're strange. <laughs> if it's a gold tube amp, you can't do this with the new like fancy digital ones. Like go on the back and like give it a give it a little sniff. It's like it's it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice scent. Very good thing. But speaking of Craig Elkins, like we had him on the show not too long ago. Let's play a little bit of his stuff, and okay. we'll, we'll come back and talk about this. This is from his new record. What is the record called? The song is called Tumbleweeds. I love you. Oh, <laughs> Craig Elkins, love that guy. Love his sense of <laughs> love his sense of humanity. He's very funny. It's a very essential thing to have. So this is Craig Elkins, an Independence Day artist on Independence Day. One, two, three. What's he on oh. next? Aging hipsters and fair-weather friends Disconnect me before the fun begins 
again So I don't have to try I'll have an alibi Independence Day artist Craig Elkins. You had him. We had him on not too long ago, maybe a month or two ago. Great band, and such yeah. nice people. Yeah, very good people. And you know, he's got such a really quirky sense of humor. He played for me once, um, and he showed up without a bass player, and he asked if it would be okay, and I said sure. And then we get there, and then he looks at me really somberly, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry to say my bass player died." And I was like, "What?" And I started just freaking out. And he said, "Well, I'm just kidding." <laughs> I was panicking, like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Why are you still playing? And, yeah. You know, but that's his sense of humor. That's, you know, and I love that. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the pure artist thing. Like, they kind of exist unto themselves with their own, like, social mores and their own social, like, their own just way of going about their life. Like, the picture of the dog. Yeah. Like if you go to the Independence Day site, there's a picture of him with this, like, beagle dog on his lap. And yeah. He's playing guitar, like, recording. You know, and then I got the disc, and it's on the inside of the disc, too. I know. I told you I keep bugging him about getting photos taken. Craig Elkins. This is, we're going to be broadcasting <laughs> to all these musicians. Like, this is your lesson for the week. Go get new pictures, man. Advice for you all. You're a good-looking guy. Just, you know, trade, buy a guy some tacos. There's a lot of out-of-work photographers in L.A. I'm sure you can find someone. Yeah. So now, see, so the Scrandal Echo thing, it's, how did you convince them to do this for free, I guess, is my, my main question. Well, it's because it started off that, you know, how did we convince the bands? Because it started off just as our friends, so it was a yeah. favor to us, to Pam and I. So it was just like a fun, hey, let's hang at the Echo on this little afternoon thing. And pretty soon before you knew it, it started to catch on. And um, uh, it was, it, you know, we had a lot of friends in bands, so we had it covered for a season pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it just kind of snowballed, and people were emailing us out of the blue bands we didn't know, bands from out of town, bands from across the country. It just grew and grew and grew. Oh, that's cool. So, And um, was it always, because you run like April through September, so that's like six months pretty much, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we tried to go a little bit longer into October, but it seems in L.A. when... The weather starts getting a little bit chillier. Everything just shuts down. <laughs> Which is a joke for someone it, from I, the Midwest. I know, I know. It just kind of shuts down. But yeah. but that's when, you know, football season starts anyway. And yeah, so yeah. Sunday you're competing with people who have a lot more, lot larger advertising budgets. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now we compete with barbecues and summer parties and yeah. baseball games and, you know, other shows, you know, other shows that have sprung up on Sundays following this model. Kind yeah, of <laughs> wow. You're a, you're, you're, you're a trendsetter. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess they see where people are going, and it's like, what a great idea, an afternoon show. Why not bring in revenue when we don't have it? Yeah, know? it's a beautiful, so. and Sunday's such a good night. It's like a, I felt like it's like a civilized night. Like, if it I'm going to go out, like, I almost, I don't never go out on Friday or Saturday night, because that's, that's like amateur night. Right. People go out and they go bananas, you know, just long lines for the bathroom, long lines for food and drinks. It's bananas. So I, I do all my best drinking on weeknights, <laughs> and I consider Sunday night to be a weeknight, really. Yeah, it's just a school I, night. it is. Yeah, but like like we said, you get out at nine, so it's not like you're gonna exactly. It's regret perfe- it the next day. Perfectly respectable. So how I think we might have touched upon this, but I want to clarify. So you, how did you sell it to the Echo as a free event? It seems like that's... well, when Liz had that little thing on her back porch, it was just free. I think you know, and they were just like trying to draw people in and just you know they're just counting on the bar money. And so we just kind of sat down and had a meeting and said, hey, let us have this slot of time and let us have the main stage and we'll do this, you know, bring in a bartender. And it just, that's how we did it and it just seemed to work out, so. And how long before, like, it was really starting to kind of catch on? You know, like, I mean, or how much promo did you have to do to get people to, like, those very first shows? You know, those very first shows, the only promo that we did was Pam and I going out every night to the bars and saying, hey, we do this show. You know, you should stop by. Uh-huh. Basically, that was it. But we went out a lot. We were hanging out a lot back then. We were both single back then. So we had a lot of time. <laughs> and we'd go out and party together and just go hear music and tell everybody about our show. We so. were single back then. Oh, we how things have changed. Yeah, neither one of us are. Now yet. you're home knitting by 9 o'clock <laughs> every night. All right. So the next artist we're going to talk to, this is Ted Russell Camp, who gets yeah, around. He does. Tell me a little bit about Ted. How you, did you learn about him? Um, Ted uh, is known as Shooter Jennings' bass player. And son of? Son of Waylon Jennings. Oh, I, I thought you meant Ted. No, <laughs> My, no, no, no. I wasn't even thinking about Shooter. Um, I don't so know I, who Ted Russell yeah. Camp is, the son of, but I'm sure he's, <laughs> yeah, his father's like, a nice guy. I don't think guy. I've met his dad. Um, it, yeah, son of Waylon Jennings. Um, but Ted has a career on his own, and he always has. Um, on tour, on the road with Shooter, he's, you know, he'll sit in the hotel room, sit on the bus, sit in the van, write songs. The guy's a prolific songwriter. He's got a few albums out, tedbrestlecamp.com. Um, and he just kind of 
we got to know each other through the Grand Ole Echo, I believe. Like he wanted to play okay. or something or he knew of it. And I don't think it, at first I don't think he ever had time to play because he was always on the road and he still is always on the road. Um, but we just got to know each other and then he found out that I was doing PR and so he asked me to take on his record and we've been working together ever since. We, we work well together. So Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's hear a little bit of this and we'll, you know, we'll just get a taste of it and then we'll move on because we've got a lot of music to get to yet. You are listening to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's an honor to talk to you, an honor to bring these music, this music to you. Also artists, great artists and great people in the business like Kim Grant. For now, this is Ted Russell Camp with the track If I Had a Dollar. And that, this is Ted Russell Camp. We've got Kim Grant here. She's eager to talk about it, as you can see. It's, I love. I want to talk about this too. This is great stuff. So now, the, the one thing I've, I've noticed about LA bands, you know, for being the spread out scene, there's a lot of cross pollinization. Like when a guy like Ted shows up, he knows a lot of heavy hitter musicians. Like, right. you know, who's like who showed up that you didn't expect sometime, like on stage at, at the Grand Ole Echo? Uh, well, we managed to trick people into playing with us sometime, for us sometimes. Like Rosie Flores has played for us, um, which means that Ray Campy's been on our stage, which is awesome. Um, who else? We've had Mark Ford from the Black Crows, oh, yeah. um, of the old Black Crows, um, has played our stage. And um, who else? Good gosh. I, I even wrote it down, and I can't find my notes here. But um, we've had lots of people in the audience. Like I said, Gary Loris has stopped by. Mark Eitzel stop by, stops by sometimes. Um, Lucinda Williams has stopped by to see things. Um, and in August, we're going to have a band from Australia come through. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Henry Wagons. He's kind of up and coming on the Americana scene. But I met him um, I met him in Nashville at the Americana Music Conference, and he's a, he's a character. And then I also met him again at um, South by Southwest. So he, he is going to be out here anyway, so they're going to fly into Seattle, and they're going to come down to L.A. and do a show for us. So yeah. to win him onto our stage, I'm really proud of that fact. And um, we've got Chris Shiflett playing for us our next show, um, who is a guitar player for the Foo Fighters. Oh, very nice. And he has a country outfit that he's going to play. And, you know, while we're talking about these shows, I've actually printed out the whole schedule here, oh, which wow. people can find. Actually, the best is just the, the is the MySpace page. You've got like four different websites here. The MySpace is really old. I don't use MySpace for anything anymore. But I tried okay. to take down the pages, and I don't know how to do it. So <laughs> I'm not tech savvy. So don't even go to MySpace. Okay, but you've got you've got a Facebook. We've page got a for Facebook it. page, Grand Ole Echo. And you've also got the Grand Ole Echo dot bandzoogle.com. Yeah, is um, it the best one? Yeah, that's. I just got the website up and running, and so it's still got Bandzoogle attached to it. Okay, I, it'll be Grand Ole Echo. Very soon. .com. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. So Easy yeah. like pie. That way people can figure it out. But like looking down this list, I mean, good I mean, people can, you know, they can just check this out uh, depending on when they listen to this. But I mean, it's like a who's who of, of everyone here in Los Angeles. I mean, I, I look down here and I recognize so many names. Ted Russell Camp's playing on June 24th. Craig Elkins playing June 1st, along with Jason Heath and the Greedy Souls, who we're going to have on our show next week. Next July Wednesday 1st, night. yes. Um, and we've got, I mean, uh, geez, I don't even know where to begin with all these different bands. I see Hawks in L.A., Oh uh, man, from Australia, that's the Henry Wagons. That's Henry Wagons, very exciting. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a Kip Boardman, Rich McCauley. I mean, it, this, it's everybody. It's like a family yeah, almost. They are my family. I mean, it, I'm not even joking when I say that. United so. by Twang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are. They are my family that I've created out here. So it's a beautiful thing. Let's play a little Jason Heath. This okay. is this is the band who's going to be on next week. So I just want to give you guys a little preview. This is uh, Jason Heath and the Greedy Souls. The track is called California Wine. He's got a news. How how new is their record? Do you know? Um, well, it was pre-released for a radio sort of thing, and it's going to be released in July. And it's okay. called, uh, packed for exile. So we're getting it. We're going to have them on the show, like to preview. Yeah, you're pre. Yeah. Mm, love that. Love that stuff. So this is the track California Wine on Independence Day.
there's one thing I love thing, it's accordion. Oh, there you go. I don't know why I love it so much. Maybe like, they'll bring it in for you. I hope so. I, I have two. <laughs> oh, I have, wow. I have two. I can barely play the damn thing. It's like an octopus. It's you got have these, to re- meet my friend Deb Tala. It's got like 700 buttons on one side. I can really only play the one side, like the right-hand side, like the keyboard side, the, the button side is per- completely perplexing to me. Wow. I mean, I, I kind of know, like, musically I can figure it out, but it's, it's too complicated. And I don't play it enough to, like, really... You must have a room that's just sectioned off in your house for I, instruments. I, I do. I have a huge, I have a huge collection. And, I, and I'm, I'm very all-encompassing. Like, no matter what it is, I, if I can get my hands on it, I'll bring it, I'll get one. You know, I, I, I've been looking for, like, a deal on, like, a Hammond and a Leslie, and I've got an old... I'm the oldest instrument I have. I was trying to think, is a 1948 lap steel, which is older than my mom. Wow. I have to introduce you also to my friend, Eric Zander, who collects like all kinds of old vintage amps and instruments. Yeah. And I mean, I don't have... You guys could geek out together. Oh, we could. You know, uh, gear acquisition syndrome <laughs> is what they call it, GAS or GAS in the music community. You know, and, if, and the older, the better. You know, like I think the accordion, actually, the my newer accordion might, if, I, if the story is true, it's a pre-World War II accordion owned by a Polish soldier who was killed in World War II. Wow, that's a great so, story to go. Ghosts, on with man. That. I love the ghosts yeah. in instruments. I think your soul lives on in instruments if you if you like if it's been part of what you do. Yeah. God help the person that gets my Martin after I'm gone. That wow. thing is gonna you should a, write a, a little piece of fiction surrounding this. Oh, I probably will. That's yeah. a good idea. Because in, in my free time. <laughs> exactly. Which I have so much of these right. days. Um so you've got the Grand Aleco thing going and it's it's rolling along mm-hmm. and uh, so then you form KG. KG Music Press. Music Press. Tell me yeah. a little about that. Well, I um, I was working, as I said, I, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur and, um, you know, I've always been starting things up in Chicago. I had a theater company and did that for quite a few years. And when I moved out here, I started a catering business and I just get this bee in my bonnet and I just do it. And um, I was getting a little bit tired of catering. I was realizing how much work I was putting into it with not getting a lot out of it. Um, it was a lot of work. And so I started to look around for other things to do, and I saw that um, there was a part-time position for an assistant to a woman named Ilka Aaron Paradinas at Fly PR. And so I interviewed with her, got the job, ended up working with her for a year, and she taught me so much. Um, a lot of things I didn't even realize I already knew just from dealing with the Grand Ole Echo and promoting yeah. that. Um, so that's how it all kind of started rolling, and when people found out that I was doing PR as a job, like, oh, you know how to do that? Well, here's my record. Can you do my record? Yeah, and it's a it, Jedi skill. <laughs> it just kind of started off that way and then, you know, picked up more records and, you know, it just once so, again snowballed. So now is this your full-time thing? The KG? It is. I, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's a full-time thing. And knock on wood, luckily, I've, you know, had jobs coming at yeah. me still. Um, I've been very fortunate. So That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm trying to, you know, make my way into the Americana world outside of L.A. and, and let them know, let everybody, them, the big them yeah. out there, um, know what, what kind of scene and community we have going here because it's pretty strong and it's pretty big. Yeah. And so it... How long was KG when you started it? Were you doing it full-time from the get-go? No, I was doing it part-time from the get-go. And, um, and I, you know, I do, during my lean sort of times, tour press was keeping me alive. You know, I'd have a person that would say, hey, I'm going to be doing a tour of the Midwest here. Can you do my tour press? And so that was kind of keeping me afloat until a lot of records started coming my way. Yeah, so, so you work out of your house, essentially, right? I do, I do. And... um you know, I would have liked to eventually work outside of the house, but at the same time, there's benefits to it. You know, the dog's very lucky; he gets to yeah. see me constantly. Oh, if I could have Sally around <laughs> all the time, I, I would. That would be the greatest thing ever of all time to have my dog with me all the time. Yeah, like you know, if, if my I always joke that my iPhone's like the other half of my brain, but my dog is the other half of my heart. Yeah, it's kind of, you know? well, it's kind of funny. He he is really spoiled because I I'm there all the time with him. If I have to leave for an hour or two, I feel guilty, but I'm like, oh, this dog gets everything. I have to remind myself I'm here all the time with him. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So it, the funny thing I've learned about working out of the house, like what, like are you an early riser? Not really. I mean, you don't need no. to be. There's not a whole lot of tour stuff that can be done at 7 a.m. Nobody makes calls anymore. If you make calls, they don't really pick up. So it's all emails, and there's nothing that urgent via email usually that happens overnight. So I try to get up 
Oh, I shouldn't say what time I get up, but <laughs> I try to get up by nine and get yeah, rolling. That's you know? reasonable. Yeah, it's totally reasonable. Yeah, I, I'm a late night. I'm a late night owl for sure. I go to bed sometimes at three in the morning. And yeah. So you know. Well, you can set your own hours though. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Like some people, when they have their own gig in their house, you know, left to their own devices, they just sleep all the time. Right. You know, or like fart around and play bejeweled or whatever. Uh, no, I have too you much know. work to do. There's no way I could ever sit around. I just, there's too much to do all the time. So how blurry is the line between like your personal life and your business? Oh, th- is there a line? <laughs> That's the an answer exactly. right there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, working out of the house, this is a kind of an inside baseball question, but does that then allow you to write off things like rent? Like portions of it, if you've got an office in your house, I have to explore that a little bit more. Because um, right now, I just do it as a freelancer. Um, I, I haven't LLC'd myself, so okay. I'm, I'm just a freelancer. So n- I can't write off it my office space as of yet, but I need to look into that and find that out. Because yeah. probably you could. You I probably guess. could. You know, I mean, I, I find I actually had to redo my 2010 California taxes recently. California, as much as I love you. Did you not read my I'm, contract? I wrote no talking about taxes. I'm very I'm angry. Well, this is this is, this is is something I just finished last week. Like 2010, <laughs> not 2011. 2010, they oh, came boy. back like a year later. Oh, we, we didn't get a tax return from you. And I said, that's my bad. Bulwark. No, I oh. turned it in. I've got copies of everything, but oh, then wow. they wanted to send me have this big fine. Oh my. And then I had to, but then I had to go back and then like look and I didn't make squat for money that year. I didn't make anything. And they're coming after me? Oh, Man, boy. go after Elon Musk. He's got money. <laughs> Leave me be. Right. I just want money for beer and tacos, man. Right. Think, um, Sometimes we're working on that hard, right? Exactly. So in any case, but I mean, I, I had to, the point is I had to go back through this and like see, because I'd written off certain aspects of like being a freelance right. type right. person. I know there's a there's way more that I could avail myself of that I don't. You know, it's like you, that's just another thing, another person to put on the payroll. Yeah. and Well, I'm always making Justin keep his band receipts for gas, for everything, for postage, for everything for the band. We just... Put yeah. in this huge envelope to write off later. Well, that's just but. it. Like bands need someone like you. Oh boy. <laughs> you know. I don't know how people manage bands. That is so much work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I've known a few band managers, and talk about a twenty-four-seven job. Yeah. You know when the when the when the artist comes down in the hotel because there's no hyper hypoallergenic pillow <laughs> in their room and gets Are really really. Are people still angry. like that? Are they still? Oh out yeah. There? Oh boy. They're definitely still like that. I mean, at our level, when you're in the van, yeah. it's not as it's it's harder. But I think like. I'm sure it's hard to be in a van, but it's got to be cushier. I mean, you yeah. figure every guy in the band, a girl too, has got an iPod, so you've probably got eighty thousand songs to choose from for the, you know, right. for the radio now. Right. You know, everybody's got to stop at any Starbucks or any hotel. There's Wi-Fi everywhere. Right. You know, it's got to be way different. Those kids, they're so spoiled. Kids these days are spoiled. kids these days. Speaking of kids, I'm not even sure. Old California. Let's let's talk about them a little bit. Let's play sure. some of their stuff. What's their story? Um, they are a band that formed. Um, out of a bunch of guys that grew up in the San Gabriel Valley. They've known each other for a long time. Um, some of them grew up together, known each other since toddler size, okay. I believe. And um, my boyfriend is the drummer. His name's Justin Smith. He kind of manages the band. He is fantastic. He books them. He books all their tours. He's very, very good at what he does. Also a fantastic drummer. Um, they just got, this was a surprise to us, out of the blue, um, MTV last week at the MTV Hive posted a little buzzy thing about them, a little oh, blurb cool. about seven songs to hear on your Sunday, and they posted a song up, um, Sundrunk Angels, which is off their new record, Sundrunk Angels. And so that was, like, really cool. It happened right before they're about to go on tour in the West and the Midwest, um, and that starts in June. So that was kind of a cool thing to happen. Cool. So let's yeah. hear a little bit about that, and then we'll talk about them. This is the band Old Corn... <laughs> Cornifolio. I almost called them Old Cornfolio. I like that. Old <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is not this is not the name of the band at all. Uh this is Old California with the track Unsatisfied on Independence Day. some interesting chord changes there. Oh, yeah. Do you get into the theory at all or the writing at all? Have you ever been a musician? 
No, I've never been a musician. I'm just a fan. And I, you know, like you started speaking at some point about writing songs in certain ways. I was like, oh, you're already beyond me. I'm, you know, I just listen. I'm a listener. I'm an organizer. And I'm a writer. You know, that's uh-huh. that's where my creative comes in. And I mean, but that's that's so important. Like when I when I'm writing, I play my music for people who are not musicians because, and I tell them like, in some ways, your opinion values is valued more because you're not. Um, you're not assessing it in that way that a musician would. You're not analyzing it. You're not yeah. criticizing it in that way. You just either resonates with you or it doesn't. Exactly. You know, and that's one thing. I mean, honestly, it's one thing I actually love about you and what you do is that it's just it's about the music. Yeah, I'm, I, I think I have a pretty good ear, and and it's it's what appeals to my ear. You know, wow, I like the way that sounds. I don't know why it sounds that way, but I really like that. You know. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. That's why the not again. I'm reiterating, but the the non musicians viewpoint is so important it's like almost like a focus group you know Ah, like i I have friends who like music but they're not musicians themselves so i always give it to them first you know because like i know what my friends are going to do they're going to go oh yeah i like how you went to the minor four chord there at the pre-chorus or whatever you know um and i know the nuts and bolts of it but i i try to disassociate myself from that sometimes as a listener right as a whatever i'm producing music someone else's music or my own or writing or what have you, or even just listening at a concert, yeah. you know, that having that or trying to have that switch, but it's so hard, I think. Yeah. I, and I think too, you know, I think people, laymen are capable of hearing when things are complex, maybe not knowing why they are complex or the ins and outs of it, but they can hear that it's complex and it takes a lot of effort and a lot of magic to put that there, you know? Yeah, indeed. And it's the, the one thing I think, you know, let's talk about this genre. We keep coming back to this genre okay. that we love so much. This, this no depression. What you call it? Roots music. I call it roots music. You know, and because it, it's been well, co- I should say American roots music because yeah. roots music is something different. So it's been, American. Roots it's been music. called so many different things. Yeah. Graham Parsons called it cosmic American music. There was a uh, a record or a record label. I'm sorry, a magazine called No Depression. Right. Named after the Uncle Tupelo song, which was named after the Carter family song. Right. Which goes back a long way. You know, so going back to the Carter family goes back a pretty long way. Um, and these were, you know, musicians you know, like, you know, Jay Farrar, Jeff Tweedy. They they were into the Minutemen and playing like these aggressive punk right. songs, but they wanted something more raw. And they ran across these old country albums. And to them, like that was as raw as it could be. But it's even within this like strange little subgenre, I think it's so incredibly diverse. You know, like the bands we've played tonight, this, right. you know, you've got acoustic quiet type stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got trad stuff with upright basses and pedal steels and like the tw- Telecaster twang banging. And but then, you know, when you lean over towards like Sunvolt or even Ryan Adams, it becomes something else. You know, like what are, are there boundaries to this style? I think there are in certain sorts of music. Um, and then, you know, the younger kids come in and blur those boundaries. Like, for example, bluegrass, there's a whole community of bluegrass people that are really, really, and old-time music, they get really, really strict about what the parameters are and yeah. what is bluegrass and what is not. And um, and then you'll have these young kids that, you know, play traditional bluegrass, but they're like, but I want to put some punk in it, you know, because that's fun. And so then you have these, like, mashup of, of the music. And I, I think that that's going to happen more and more. And so, um, you know, and, of course, the, then you'll have people that will always stay the traditionalists, so... I don't. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. So <laughs> Do, what is that a good answer? I don't know. There, there are no wrong answers. Yeah. You know, I'm, um, I'm, we're just here to hear what you have to say about these right. things. And so let's play a little bit more music. We'll come okay. back. This is old Gwendolyn. I'm sorry. This is just Gwendolyn. I'm sorry, not old She's Gwendolyn. She's not old. And well, I don't know if it's even a she or a they or a he. It could be anything. These are musicians <laughs> we're talking lovely. about here. So this is Gwendolyn. This is the track "Discover Me." We're going to hear a little bit of this, and we'll talk some more about music okay. with Kim Grant. Gwendolyn is a band that you work with. This is a band that, are they with your KG thing? Uh, yeah, I did, I did this record for her. I did the press for this record for her. She's also a good friend, and she grew up with Justin. They they grew up in Sierra Madre, little kids together. And she's just a major, major talent. I mean, she um, in the past, she's done folk records with Ben Vaughn producing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she's also, uh, she has Gwendolyn in the Good Time Gang, which is this, you know, well-known kids group that she does. Um, she's also a composer on the TV show Weeds. She and her mm-hmm. husband, Brandon, do that. I mean, she's got her finger in every little pie, and she's majorly talented, just amazingly talented. It's, it's, there's so many opportunities now. I mean, the way the industry has changed, you know, for a while there, I was, I mean, it's hard, you know, it's always been hard, right? but now it's hard in a different way. I think you have to be, you have to be like intellectually diversified to, to succeed now. Whereas, you know, before there was like a model, maybe it wasn't a great model. A lot of artists got ripped off, but now you have to be, every band has to be a cottage industry. Right. Well, I just heard Ben Vaughn talking about this because I just mentioned him too. But um, he's talking about how things had changed. And he was saying that, you know, the the playing field is kind of level now. But at at the same time, you know, I've heard criticism that since the playing field is level, it's kind of clogged up. Yeah. Um, but he seems to think it's it'll you know the talent will rise above all that and yeah. um, so every I think everybody's still waiting to see what's going to happen with the music industry because nothing's really sorted itself yeah. out yet. I've said it's one of the buzz, the buzz phrases for my show is that the old model is gone but there is no new There's model. There's no new model. It's going to figure itself out though. It's just taking some time just like our economy. Yeah, and we still make music. Yeah. You know, we still yeah. keep moving forward. We still we keep doing what we that. do. Yeah, artists, it's a compulsion. Yeah. You know, they're going to do it. They're going to make the art and you know, some artists are doing well. I mean, I, I'm always sometimes surprised to hear how well some bands are doing in th- that aren't big. Like, you know, nowadays, right. you know, the band I always think of is Iron and Wine. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. a big fan of what Sam Beam has done. And he's made, he's made money. You know, he's doing well. He has a ranch in Austin. Wow. You know, and, I, and I, when I heard that, it was, I mean, not that he doesn't deserve success or not that he's not fantastic, which I think he's completely fantastic. Like, I love what he does. Um, but every now and again, I hear a band like that and I think, oh yeah, they're probably like, you know, like Wilco level, they're touring and they've got a bus when they tour probably. But if he's doing well enough to buy a ranch, he's got, I think he's got five kids, like five little girls, oh, like wow. that's, kids are expensive, Yeah, you know, and I'm, and it, it, well, it makes, you never know where people's money comes from. Either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, from what I've read about the guy, I mean, he, he's made a success at, at doing this and I don't really, I don't really, it's one thing I don't, I don't understand or comprehend fully how that works yet. Because so many musicians that I know work so hard and they struggle so much. Um, and some of them have success and some don't. Maybe that's just a random chance of life, I guess. I think, I think it is. I think you do have to, I think it's both. I think you have to work your butt off. And even when you work your butt off, sometimes it's not going to happen. Um, and that's where the random chance comes Yeah, from. and it's always been that way. But I think, you know, maybe, and I'm kind of curious to see what you think about, like how, like the, I mean, I know the way I think technology has changed the business. You know, it feels like now, you know, like you said, the, the playing field's level, but you're kind of shouting into the ether too. Yeah, I feel I feel like that sometimes, um, for sure. I think uh, I'm st- I'm still wrapping my brain around this every day, you know, because I'm in the business and I'm yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to reach more people constantly and how how to get these musicians noticed because I think they deserve to be heard and it's a constant struggle and I think you know at least it is open to them nowadays, whereas before you had to have a huge machine behind you. Yeah. And now you still have to have a little bit of a machine behind you or it's not going to happen. And, yeah. Um, and you got to do it on your own. You're not going to get any help with that, but at least the door's open to you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And how do you know, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you gauge success in your job? Like, is it, is it a numbers thing? Is it a money thing? Is it just mm, more For me, listeners? it's not there yet. It's... Um, I always tell people when we start like a campaign that, you know, I hope you're not hoping to sell CDs off of this because that's may not happen. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think a, a, the way a band makes money these days, I think a lot of it is touring and selling merch. And I, I think licensing these days is where the money is at for yeah. musicians. And I this is the right it. town for that. It is. You know, so many You could town. do that anywhere, though. But Yeah, yeah. it's true. But here, like, you could be playing a club and... Somebody, a, somebody who's working in publishing or licensing can hear you out at a club and go, hey, that person was great. So yeah. this is the town maybe. Or- yeah, it's such a strange town to play live in because everybody's in the industry. So I, I've, you know, yeah. I feel like it's, it's harder. Like bands do well elsewhere at live events. Most certainly. Like in L.A., yeah. it's like everybody plays for free. Yep, yep. You know, and everybody, the strangest thing, this is an inside baseball thing, but the strangest thing about L.A. is that so many venues don't have like full PA for shows. Like they'll mic the vocals 
in the acoustic guitars. Right. But then everyone else will just play through amps. It's like, to me, that was like what we did in high school in Illinois. <laughs> well, luckily, the Echo, we have that. On the back porch, which we use, we didn't have amps yeah. or PAs, but now we're bringing a little system in. So Yeah. Um, it's Well, you try to walk that line. Yeah. You, know, do you want it to be real. Like, that's the thing about, what's one thing I love about this genre? Like, it seemed like, it's just so very real. You know, and right. I gravitated towards it because I didn't grow up listening to country music at all. I was into classic rock, but it was I was I noticed that I had always been drawn to the the like this when the Stones would have a song like Sweet Virginia mm-hmm. or Honky Tonk Women or something that was like it sounded a little twangier, right? And then it just went like, and then I discovered like the Jayhawks, and it just went farther and farther and farther down that road until it was like you know pointy boots and shiny shirts, <laughs> and then I was all in, right? You know. Um, and then I, that's when I really appreciate, I still don't like the, like the really slick country stuff that terribly much. I um, don't know too many people that consider the stuff that's coming out of Nashville that's slick country yeah, these days. Yeah, it's pop, so. really. It is, absolutely. It's, it's pop, pop with pedal steels and fiddles. I don't think there's any denying that. And, you know, I blame those reality TV shows a little bit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very insulated from reality television. Yeah. I don't have a TV. We use Netflix only now. So. That's brilliant. I, yeah. I do have a TV, but I mostly watch movies. I don't, I don't have cable. I've got, I built, for $8, I built this thing with coat hangers that gets oh, nice. digital TV signal. It actually costs more to buy the cable to put it all the way on my roof than it was <laughs> to make the thing, but it works. There you go. Uh, but in LA, I turned it on, and like there's like 80 channels, and four of them are in English. Ah. Which is no good. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I speak English. In un poquito espanol. So let's play a little. We'll probably have enough time for maybe one or two more things here. I want to get to as okay. much of the stuff you're dealing with. Tell me a little about this. Is the Granville Automatic? This is their track. To, okay. Was it Tacoma Coal Mine? What's their story? Um, I don't know much about these ladies yet. I met them out at South by Southwest. Ted Russell Camp produced this album that we're about to hear, and um, it's going to be their record release party when they play for us. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, and I think I don't. You have the dates in front of you. It's what, the same night as Ted is playing. Yeah, so, well, well, we'll play a little bit of the track. We'll come back. We'll figure out what date what yeah. date they're playing. Um, at the but Grand they're, they're based out of Nashville. Okay, which is a great town. Yeah. Great town for music. Lots of stuff going on there. Good barbecue, too. This is the track, Tacoma Coal Mine, the Granville Automatic. interesting to listen to a band based out of Nashville. Same style, yes. essentially. But to listen how the, like, the subtle differences in yeah. the way it sounds like. That to me sounds like a Nashville vocal style. I, I would agree, yeah. A little, you know, a little more slick, maybe. A little more slick. Like, yeah. the vocals are more polished. Yes. Like, I feel like in L.A., you know, you've, I don't know what it is, the laconic weather or what it is, but, like, people are more uh, almost roughshod or, like, a, a slipshod with what they're doing. I don't mean that as an insult no, in any I, way. I, you know, my, my ear is always drawn to the quirky aspect of any yeah. sort of music. Um, so I like that. <laughs> you know, I yeah. like, I like the, well, the shot. Or, I feel like it's inclusive, this genre. Yeah. You know, it ranges all the way, like I said, from like the Stones playing Sweet Virginia all the way to like the Rockabilly guys and, and all the way to um, you know, the Tex-Mex stuff. You know, it's right. like it almost seems like anything that has twang can, is, is, is okay here. You know, of any of any yeah. kind, yeah, yeah, whatever that means. You know, like I would even, you know, I, I would even put iron and wine somewhat in the category. Oh, I always have. You know? I've never not considered them you know? sort of Americana. It's like if it has acoustic guitars, yeah. or pedal steels, or violins, or like if it's just good, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, bands like Calexico, you know, yeah. um, Band of Horses, like that. Still ride that indie track, but I still consider yeah. that sort of Americana. We had John Convertino on the show just last oh, year. He cool. was great. He was great. They, had, they did a movie, Circo. They did all the music for a movie oh, that wow. came out. So we had him on to talk about that. I have to Google that. Yeah, it's cool. I've or watch a, the podcast or listen to the podcast. The, 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 the movie's show. probably on Netflix. It's about this 100-year-old Mexican circus, which is like that sounds amazing falling, already. falling on hard times. So look it up, Circo. All right. And Calexico Music, which you can't go wrong with Calexico. No, I love them. I, and I, the funniest thing about those guys, I saw them play at um, Sundance Film Festival 
like playing outside after dark in January in Utah, like on an outside stage. It was the weirdest I, they thing. They filmed that. I think I saw some of the video from that. It was weird. Like, you know, those, those things out here in L.A., we've got these uh, propane heaters like right. at our restaurants. Like they right. have those on stage. And I can just imagine the tuning nightmares they must have had. <laughs> anyway, so we're just about out of time. I feel okay, like I, I, said, I, I feel like we could talk all night. At least I know. I mean, I feel like maybe I could talk all night. <laughs> we could uh, talk about Illinois and you know, where our music group started. And... So, what do you think now? I, mean, I do have a couple more questions. Like, how do you think? How do you think the LA scene compares to a scene like Chicago or like Nashville? Um. Well, I think it compares in the same way. Um, community is formed, and that's that we have the the detriment of of being the car culture. So, you know, I, I think. It's a little more tight-knit in Nashville. It's a little more tight-knit in Chicago. I'm not saying we're not as tight-knit. It just takes us a little more effort to all get together sometimes. Yeah, and it's a, well, it's a very big city here. Like it Nashville is a, is a small, big city. Yes, it is. And Chicago is a very big city. It's but very it's, contained. But it's, but, it's, but it's tighter. It's contained. It's, it's, you, know, you can walk places right. in Chicago. Yeah, I was just talking with someone the other night. Um, about, he just moved here from New York, and he was saying, yeah, I kind of miss, like, you know, when you're walking down in your neighborhood in New York and you say hi to like at least 10 people on the street. And yeah. th- that's the thing that I miss that I don't get here in L.A. that I really miss about Chicago is it's that an, sort of thing. L.A. is like an eternal suburb. Like yeah. I've, I've tried to know my neighbors and sometimes like some of them are super friendly. You know, God knows when I made my last record like in my apartment with <laughs> feedbacking guitars like very, very loud. You know, my neighbors were extremely tolerant, so they're they're good right. people. But I, I guess I mean that's in my building, like outside right. of my building. Like I've tried to be, you know, I'm a friendly Midwestern guy. I say hello to everybody. Right. And some people just don't. They just don't. They're not friendly. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I know a lot of native Californians would probably disagree with that, but maybe they haven't had that experience. So yeah, well, this is a microcosm. I'm not yeah, in no exactly. way am I making a blanket <laughs> indictment of all Angelinos. Right. I, I'm just imagining Christina Ortega and what she's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Christina, shout out to you, KPCC employee, one of my friends. She came to the Grand Ole Echo just this yeah, last Sunday night. Yeah, she's a great friend, and um, she, she comes out all the time, and she's a huge supporter of everything that I do and that the community does, and she's yeah. a great singer herself. Um, but she's a native Californian and she's always like, if you don't like what happens here, go back to where you came from. Yeah, so I'm know, not saying that, but I'm just saying there are certain things that I miss. You know who else like champions this constantly? I know you know him. Rob, Robbie Rist. Oh yeah, I know and Robbie. We, we've had him on, on this show as well. Good friend. You know, I've, we've been trying to- I haven't to, seen him for a long time. I haven't either. I know he's, he did a new TV show cartoon voice thing. That's oh, the last I him. talked to him was that. We had, a, we had a pint at some point last year. And I wish I said, I wish I saw him more. Well, he lives way out in Woodland Hills. He lives in Woodland Hills, yeah. which is Kentucky again. That's <laughs> that whole thing. Uh, and it, but he's like a force of nature. He is. You know, like yeah. everyone else, he plays in a thousand bands. You know, uh, he's got his studio. He's always got something cranking. Always got something going on. Um, but he always says, you know, he's he's a big proponent of the, you know, if you don't like, everyone's not from here, you know, but the people who are from here, this is this is how we do it here, and this is our thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm living within the rules. Yeah. I just say sometimes I miss walking down the street and saying hi to 10 people. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. Although I do miss, you know what I miss the most, I think, other than my friends, of course, and family, is uh, thunderstorms and lightning bugs. I miss lakes. Yeah, and lakes. lakes. Naturally occurring water. Yeah. That doesn't happen here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, though I saw ice here once, that was an interesting. Yeah. interesting I guess thing. I'm I'm still a little bit homesick. I guess because I'm about to take a trip, uh, and I haven't yeah. been for four years, so I, I'm a little nostalgic and a little homesick right now. Where are you gonna go? I mean, um, well, the guys are gonna get in the van and head west, and then head to the Midwest, and I'm gonna meet them. You mean east? In Chicago, east. Sorry, east. Um, that's what I meant. I meant to the Midwest. You know what? I do that all the time. Like when you're in Chicago, they're like east, they're, it, it ends. That's where the water is. So I get my directions. I know where I'm going, but I say it the wrong way because if I'm going towards water, to me, that's always going. I wasn't even east. turning it around in my head. I was thinking Midwest. So. Okay. But I know you go east. Just I know I'm not going to end up in the ocean. Right. Um, <laughs> quite a tour. Quite a tour. Um, I'm going to fly into Chicago and then uh, do their Chicago and suburban dates. And they've got a date in Champaign, Illinois, which I am so excited to visit. I haven't been there since I was in my 20s. Um, and then we're going to go to Milwaukee. Okay. And, then, and then I'm going to fly back home and they're going to continue back. So I'm going to ask you the same question, but for a different reason. Like, well, like, This is what I meant the first time. Like, where are you going to go? Like, I'm not talking about venues or cities. Like, for, for nostalgic purposes, when you're in the Midwest, like, is there a restaurant? Is there a bar? Is there a park? Is there... Well, like, where my, are you going to go? My Chicago experiences was always uh, doing fine dining. 
I, I, was, I worked as an event planner there for a long time, and so I got a little spoiled. And so my budget's not going to afford that, so I'm going to have to figure out good food places to eat that are a little bit what might be, you know, shorter than my budget. Band budget. Was. Band budget. There we go. I can get that out. Um, but I think, I think just seeing my friends, you know, that's just going to be awesome. You know, going to yeah. Champagne, I've got friends that still live there. Um, and I haven't seen them for years, and that's just going to be amazing to see all of them. And I'm very excited. Yeah, you know what? And that's just it. That's what it, Kim. That's what it comes down to. It's like it's friends, it's music, it's life, it's real. You know, this is what this is all about. It's why we do it, right? You know, and I honestly, I couldn't be happier to see you know the success that you've had, oh, thank the you. community that you've built, and that you continue to build. Um, it's to build something real. I think is is about as high as a cool thing as you can do on the in, on Earth. Thank you. And you're doing great, great things. Well, thank you very much. It's it's absolutely my pleasure. Tell us what's what's in the future. You know, for before your bands for the Grand Ole Echo. Um, for the Grand Ole Echo, we're going uh, to keep on doing the shows every Sunday, five thirty to nine at the Echo, which is in Echo Park, eighteen twenty two Sunset. Uh, like I said, it's all ages, so bring your kids. It's free. Um, as you don't far have as, a kid, find one. Just bring, right. just bring a kid. Um, as far as music and publicity, bring your records to me. Email me. I'll check it out. If I like it, I'd love to do your record. Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. So and people can learn about you at anything that has anything. Just look up the Grand Ole Echo on the yeah. internet. They'll find you. And pretty soon you said the com will be the main site. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not tech savvy and I got to go purchase a domain and all that stuff. And, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you can find someone to help you with that. With your empire you've got built here, there's someone who can, <laughs> someone to help. You've, you've helped so many people out. You could cash in a couple favors. Well, I'm sure can I, I got to shout out my, my partner in the Grand Ole Echo this year. His name is Matt Farber and he has just been Speaking of people helping me, he's just been aces, and I just want to give him a shout-out. And he does a podcast he calls The Grand Old Podcast, and that'll I post that up all the time. So find me, Kimberly Grant, on Facebook, too. Wonderful. We certainly yeah. will. And please keep us abreast of what's going on. Send some bands our Absolutely. way. Oh, yeah. Send some music our way. You don't know what you just asked for. Oh, no, no, I do. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what I'm okay. asking for. And it's a beautiful thing, like I said. I mean, I speak, I, I speak, I love the event. I love what you're doing. I think it's, like I said, you're like the patron saint of Twang for Los Thank Angeles. You. And, you, I you need, and I hope it gets bigger. You know? I hope so, too, before you know? I have my nervous breakdown. For, for all the right reasons. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to Kim Grant. Thank also, you, Also, my pleasure. Thank you also to the Independence Day staff, the uh, Dr. V, Valentino Rivera from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. As always, please be good to one another.